From the poorhouse to the palace, Bethel Baptist Church is pleased to bring you this uplifting program hosted by Dr. Doug Castle. Please stay with us and open your heart as Dr. Castle opens God's Word. Well, today, beloved, we're going to begin a new part of the book of Zechariah. We have looked at the eight visions of Zechariah, the young prophet that came with the old prophet Haggai to rebuild the temple foundation. The temple foundation had been laid, had laid desolate for six years, and God gave Zechariah eight visions in one night in the first six chapters of Zechariah. We've taken uh, several weeks to look at those, and uh, they've been a blessing to me. I hope they've been a blessing to you. But now, as we change, we Zechariah chapters one through six is Zechariah's few. Now, Zechariah's uh, chapter 7 and 8 are Zechariah's fasts. Fast. Oh, that's a word Christians don't want to hear today. Fasting. By the way, children of the bridegroom, you're supposed to fast. If you are not fasting for the coming of the bridegroom, you are sinning against the Lord your God. Now, let me let me just say this here as we begin. As we begin uh, 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 and I don't want to get ahead of myself and just kind of give you an introduction and begin to look here. Two years have passed since the visions of the night taken place. From the close of chapter 6 to the beginning of chapter 7, uh, there is two years. How do you know that? Because Zechariah got his visions in chapter 1 in the second year of Darius, and it is now the fourth year of Darius in Zechariah 7.1. And it came to pass in the fourth year of King Darius that the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah the, the, uh, in the fourth day of the ninth month, even in Chislu, the month Chislu. Now, so God has been silent for two years. By the way, the temple has been rebuilt during those two years. But God speaks through the voice of the prophet Zechariah once again. And the temple is well under construction. Actually, I take that back. The temple was halfway completed. Pardon me. The temple lay desolate for six years after they built the foundation. They finished it in four years. The temple is halfway completed since they've taken up the word again. It will be completed within the next two years. And in the middle of the work, while they're laboring, God says, addresses the fast of Zechariah. In chapter 7 and 8, we have the next four messages of prophecy from God to his people. Even though it is speaking about fasting, there are four messages. Now, in these two chapters, listen to me, there is no prediction indicated, but practical instruction is given from God. God has a message, not of a of prophecy, but of, of instruction, uh, but of practical instruction. And we're given lessons. Listen, there are four lessons, a lesson of rebuke, a lesson of repentance, a lesson of restitution, and a lesson of rejoicing. Rebuke of sin, repentance from that sin, restitution in relationship, and rejoicing in that relationship. Amen. Now, we're in the fourth year of, of the reign of Darius. A deputation was sent from Bethel to Jerusalem. Bethel, the house of God. Jerusalem, the place of God's house. Uh, where the temple was being built. Bethel means house of God, Beth, house, El God. And uh, this is the place that Jacob, the first, uh, the father of the 12 tribes, to Jerusalem where God put his temple to inquire about the continuation of the feast, uh, of the fast. See, there have been some fasts that the Jews have been keeping. They wanted to know, should they keep keeping them? There have been some effort to revive the ancient fast and some modern fasts. And the question was at hand, is the matter of certain fasts which the Jews had celebrated during 
bondage, should they continue or the, should they cease to celebrate these fasts now that captivity is over? Let me read you the first uh, three verses here and show you the sorrow of their fast. Actually, I already read you verse 1. We know what's going on there. It's the time that God came to Zechariah. Now look at verse 2. When they had sent unto the house of God, Sherezer and Regemelech, and their men to pray before the Lord. Say, how do you know you're pronouncing them right? How do you know I'm not pronouncing them right? Amen. And to speak unto the priests which were in the house of the Lord of hosts, and to the prophets, saying, Should I weep in the fifth month, separating myself as I have done these so many years? Okay. Sherezer and Regemelech, along with their company, come to ask what's to be done. These men uh, have Babylonian names which indicate they were born during the captivity. For 70 years, the people fasted. Let me give you some history. They fasted in the fourth, fifth, seventh, and tenth months. They had four fasts. Zechariah 8, 19, and 2 Kings chapter 25 will tell you this, okay? And they afflicted their souls in fasting as they were being punished for their sins. They were captivity fast, judgment fast. And, and the pattern for this is found in Leviticus 6. When you're 16, when you're under judgment, you fast, you're chasing yourself for your sins. By the way, when you've been in sin, it's not a bad thing to chasten yourself for your sins by fasting, to show God that you're serious about your repentance, that you're sorrowful over your sin. That was the sorrow of their fast. I've just taught you something today. By the way, there is a Bible principle that when you've been in long and deep and continuous rebellion, idolatry from God, and you are repenting, fasting will not take away your sins. If you confess your sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But Paul continued constantly in fasting, the Bible tells us. And there, one of the two great reasons for you to fast, actually there are three great reasons why a New Testament Christian fasts. And I'm chasing a bit of a rabbit here. But there are three great reasons that Bible Christians fast. Number one, to chasten yourself for your sins. To show God that you're serious about your repentance. Number two, to be a channel of the Holy Spirit's power. That you might be empty physically, that you might be filled spiritually with all the fullness of God. And number three, for the coming of the Son of God, for the coming of the bridegroom. Those are the three great reasons why Bible Christian fast. And you ought to fast for Austin. You ought to fast every week, I believe. Amen. Whether a meal a day or a day a week, you ought to fast. The, the Pharisees fasted twice a week. There was nothing wrong with fasting twice a week. It was wrong that their fasting was vanity to show themselves off instead of being private before their God. Fasting is before God. Here, here they followed a Bible pattern that we have during the Feast of Tabernacles, and they put, were fasting in order to put away sins. And they were fasting because the previous generation did not put away sin, and they had been punished, and they were fasting too little too late for all the wrong reasons. See, you can fast and be wrong. Now, I just told you how to fast to be right, but they were fasting for the wrong reason. And they were mourning their captivity and the destruction of the temple. And the fast of the fourth month mourned the taking of the city of Jerusalem. And the fast of the fifth month mourned the burning of Jerusalem. It was captured in the fourth month. It was burned in the fifth month. The fast of the seventh month mourned the murder of Gedaliah. Gedaliah was the Jewish governor who was allowed to reign and they came and murdered him and uh, he was a good governor and they mourned the fa they fasted and mourned the f good governor during bondage and the fast of the 10th month remembered how it all started with the siege of the city it was a consummation and the temple was about to be finished within the next couple of years and the captivity was over and the question was should the fastings be continued well God answered that question on the sorrow of their fast in verse 4. My time is gone for today. 
you're going to have to join us next week as we pick up here and we we pick up and we will see the sacrilege of their fasts and the salvations of their fasts in Zechariah chapter 7. I will give you that. Oh, there was a sacrilege, but there was a salvation in their fasting. And there's hope for us. By the way, let me encourage you, Christian, be a person of fasting. Be in fasting as often as Paul was, as often as ye would. Hey, to be a channel of the Spirit's power, to be emptied of self, to be filled with the Spirit of God, to chasten yourself for your long and continued sins, and for the coming. Oh, children of the bridegroom, fast for the love. Be love sick for Jesus, and fast like a girl that can't eat because she misses her, her loved one who's gone away. Fast for the coming of the Son of God. Amen. God bless you this weekend. I hope you'll be found faithful to the house of the Lord as God gives you opportunity. And uh, join us next Monday as the Lord allows you. You've been enjoying the program from the poorhouse to the palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archive broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poor House to the Palace. From the poor-